ice water in his veins. I couldn't think of a better place to end the street than Death Valley, South Carolina, baby. Guys going down, guys stepping up. That's what football is all about. And they say we can't do it. What they say now. Welcome back to the Clemson Podcast. Texas A&M's NAL Fund's nonprofit status was shut down by the IRS. That lasted nearly as long as Aggie OC Bobby Petrino's NFL coaching tenure. The Pac-4's future is hazier than Northwestern locker room after a loss. Clemson football is nearly back and life is good. Welcome back to the Clemson Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Nick, joined once again by Jarrett. Jarrett, how you doing? I'm doing well. I am ready to talk a little bit more football, and I'm ready to really dive into this. So let's let it rip. I mean, before we get started, Jared, like, is it 2023 or 2013? Like, did we hit a time warp? You got Johnny Football in the headlines. Chad Morris is back with Clemson's offense. Macklemore still sucks. What's going on? I don't know. I got to check. I mean, I graduated in 2013. So if I wake up and I still have exams in the morning, I'm going to be really upset. It does feel like that, though. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, Kind of a lopsided year for Clemson. That Georgia win was fun. Mm -hmm. We won't mention the Florida State game. Yeah. Never. Let's hope this football season is a better outcome than that year. Yep. Cheers to that. Um, Although we did beat Ohio State at the end of the year. We'll beat him again, damn it. <laughs> yeah, every year. That's right. Um, well, cool. Well, uh, you know, second show coming back off of our hiatus. Good to be back. Um, last week, we talked about who's gone, who we're going to miss the most. I think in this one, we're going to look a little bit ahead to this year's team. Let's talk about additions. Uh, let's talk about impact freshmen and guys that are going to be taking over, you know, first-time starters at their position this year. Um, some of these might be household names already. Others are not. So I think let's dig into the roster. I think that's going to be our show tonight, Jarrett. Um, not really too many uncovered camp nuggets yet. By the way, for everybody, uh, we're not going to cover the scrimmage because we recorded before the, the scrimmage. So, um, yeah, there it is. Um, we will cover it, though. We will. We'll get there, definitely. Um, and any more news that comes up. So stay tuned for that. Uh, But why don't we get into this, Jarrett? Um, A lot of freshmen, Clemson had a great recruiting class here in 2023. Um, There's a ton of angst for me in particular, but definitely all of us on the podcast about um, just what's going on with Clemson. What's going on with recruiting? Are we taking a slide? Are we slipping? Um, And Dabo and the coaching staff and look, you know, Nick Eason um, has done great work on the defensive side. Um, Clemson's brought in a really talented class this year. Um, So let's get to know these guys. Like, you know, we've obviously... We're not going to go through all like 20 plus recruits that we brought in, but who are really the guys for you, Jarrett, that you think can make a big impact and get some snaps, you know, avoid that, not, not just avoid the red shirt, but really get into that too deep and get onto the field this year. Great question. Yeah. I mean, we had the 11th ranked class for 2023 composite 11th ranked kids coming from all over. Um, but 
of course, the big news that everyone's following is the defensive line recruits. Um, you've got people like Vic Burley, uh, Tor- uh, Tamarian Parker, Peter Woods, and Stephylin Green. Um, I think even just starting there is is going to be a big difference because, like I mentioned in the last pod, it feels like to me that we have like three, maybe four solid D ends and like four D tackles, and then like six or seven just great pieces that we need to figure out how to utilize them. If we can do that, I'm not going to be too afraid of the questionable depth at um, at DN. No disrespect to uh, Shaheen Lawson, Shaq's little brother. Wow, catching strays, Shaheem. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I think Tamarian Parker, like, great to hear that we think he can be an impact guy in the two deep at the end position. Um, I think we talked last show about, like, is, is anyone going to be able to step up, like, a Christian Wilkins or an Austin Bryant and be that first-year guy um, that can crack the defensive line? Um, or is it going to be more like a Kevin Dodd situation? But, um, yeah, glad glad Tamarian Parker can play that role. Um, I'm interested in Peter Woods, P. Wu. Um, just understanding, like you mentioned it, Clemson is so stacked at defensive tackle. Tyler Davis and Rook alone are just going to dominate the snaps. I think what mm-hmm. we hope is Clemson's in enough garbage time where, you know, those guys can get some rest and they can get other guys in uh, like Capehart. But I, I think it's going to be difficult to keep Peter Woods off the field. Um, I'm even thinking, Jared, like, is there a world where we go to more like a three, a three man front? Um, you know, we do have such strong um, defensive tackle depth. Do they maybe, mm-hmm. maybe go with like one end and two tackles? Um, and like we saw Brent Venables mess around with that a little bit in the past. Yeah. I mean, the the people that know a lot more than me have said that, um, you know, Wes Goodwin was some of the brains behind some of the interesting blitzes and in fronts and uh, packages that we would develop. Obviously Venables is, you know, uh, in his own category when it comes to that mind. But I think if it comes down to it, yeah, one in, two tackles, you know, three linebackers or, you know, playing five DBs with, you know, mixing around safety and nickel and, you know, all over the place. I think we're going to see different things out of this defense this year than we're used to seeing because of the personnel, because we have versatility and just, you know, the, the needs that we have. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of like the, um, the reality of the situation with the end is going to make it where you, maybe the traditional approach to like a four, three defense isn't going to work as well. So it's like, mm-hmm. that's a constraint now see what the innovation can do. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, we haven't really talked about Wes Goodwin here. Um, he's, he'll be in his second year, a signal caller. Hopefully he was able to get through a good amount of the, just the, like the first year jitters and, um, you know, taking a little bit longer to understand how to make adjustments in game and between games. So um, I think him taking a step forward is probably as much impact as any of these freshmen are going to make as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember reading, it was like the fourth game where he's like, I finally understand like the rhythm of the day as the, as the coordinator of like where to be in the mornings and like, you know, all this kind of stuff. So like, we forget as fans, it's like, we think that like, oh, you've been on the team for a couple of years, like you should know every single thing, but there's just, you know, different binders that you're holding, you know, all these kind of little details uh, that that we all take for granted. Yeah. Um, I guess the rest of the defense is pretty short up. I think the one guy that I'm 
really excited about joining the team is Khalil Barnes. Um, mm-hmm. He had an interception in the spring game. Um, don't know. I, he was, a, he was listed as a safety coming in. Sounds like he may be able to crack that too deep at the nickel corner position. Um, maybe Makuba gets some snaps there depending. Um, I hope Makuba's a safety. He's an awesome safety. Like that would be, that'd be where I'd put him, but um, Khalil Barnes seems like he's a tremendous athlete and could be, could, could play a role in that secondary. Yeah. I mean, nobody, I definitely didn't expect that uh, Makuba in the Georgia game would be starting. I mean, I think we were all like, you know, is this the first freshman safety that Venables has ever, ever started, you know? So I think it, we should not get too high hopes, but depending on what happens in camp, you, you hope that uh, somebody like Khalil Barnes can continue to step up and develop and fill in a gap so that that way you can have people like Makuba go to where their, their strengths are. I mean, he's put on 10 pounds again. He's back at like 195-ish. So I love that. Uh, I was super, you know, I really didn't like that he was 185 last year. I don't think he liked that. So, yeah, yeah let's see it. And I think we need Makuba to be like bulked up and playing safety for the run game, especially against mm-hmm. Florida State. So, uh, or potentially even Notre Dame. So um, mm-hmm. anyway, one to watch is going to be Khalil Barnes. Um, what about on the offensive side? Any standout freshmen you think are going to get some burn? Yeah, for sure. And just like the D line, we're going to have freshmen that are going to need to step up to fill a gap. I think one of the gaps we're going to need to fill is wide receiver. You know, we had people leave, like we mentioned in the last uh, show, or pass catchers that are important. There's also been questions around wide receiver development. And it feels like if we can have Bo Collins and Antonio Williams and Adam Randall healthy, that's great. But Stilato and Spectre are still injured somehow. Um, it's almost like they're frozen in time. The people that I've got my eye on is uh, that are making noise in camps, Tyler Brown and uh, Tink Kelly, both of them in the slot. And if we can have that versatile piece in the slot that's really fast and explosive and has good routes, man, I mean, we know when Renfo left and, you know, we didn't have Amari Rogers and like all these people that would um, – give us that type of athlete, it made a big difference. Um, yeah. Third downs or goal line, like both of the or red zone, basically like, mm-hmm. yeah, would be a shot in the arm for this team. And that means Antonio Williams can maybe play outside, um, you know, at the, the two position, which mm-hmm. is a bit more his natural position. Yeah. And I'm looking at um, Tink Kelly and Tyler Brown are both like five ten. 5'11", respectively, and I know that, like, we had a couple seasons in a row where, like, it felt like all of our receivers were, like, boundary receivers or, or field yeah. like, just big guys. Right. Boundary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's well, going to be cool. really good. Yep. Yeah, I think with the freshman world, we also got – we're going to finally have some depth at O-line. Uh, our boy Flapjack Owens, um, I think, is going to get some good snaps. Hearing stuff about Harrison Sewell. So – you know, those two guys are uh, people to keep an eye out for. So I'm definitely excited to have some O-line depth because, you know, it really wasn't great last year having so many people take the majority of the snaps. Basically, I think I saw in versus Tennessee, like um, five, pe- five O-linemen took like 100 and something snaps. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's rough. It was rough. Mm-hmm. Um. 
Great. Well, um, you know, some good names in there. You know, hopefully we'll start to see them flow in throughout the season. Uh, you remember, Jarrett, back when Clemson would get like 80, 90 guys in per game. Like, let's go back mm-hmm. to those days because we're like, yeah. on the floor of teams. Um, it was 18, 19, 20, right? I mean, that's Trevor right. Lawrence, especially 19. Yeah. I think 19, 20 were like that. Yeah, the big, big empty the bench kind of years. Um, it'd be good to get back to that. Yeah. Um, well, why don't we also pivot here, you know, maybe get into the upperclassmen a bit. Um, we've had, you know, a lot of last show we talked about who who's left the team. That has left some vacancies um, on the two deep, especially at the starting position. Um, so we'll let's quickly go through this, Jarrett. Uh, at defensive end, you're actually going to have two guys who um, really were not the predominant starters last year: um, Xavier Thomas and Justin Maskell. And both of these guys, you know, graduate students, um, been around forever, have t- had a ton of career snaps. This isn't really your like question mark about can these guys step in and handle their business in that position. We're less concerned about that. I think we're more concerned with number one, durability, but also do they present the very best matchups and do they present the very best skill at that position? Um, I think with the XT, it's the durability question. I think for Maskell, he is a versatile guy, but is Tamarian Parker, the guy that can Mm -hmm. actually give them um, more of what they need on that line. But who knows? Maskell could be that guy like Kevin Dodd. We're just waiting for his, or, you know, like Cornell Powell uh, kind of waiting mm-hmm. in the wings, waiting for his turn and finally gets his shot and takes advantage of it. Yeah. And don't forget that, you know, KJ really didn't become the KJ Henry we knew until like his senior year. And then his senior and redshirt senior year, like was when he really established himself as the guy. So I'm all for having guys come in and be Makuba or, you know, freshman Trevor Lawrence and all that. But you love, and we all know that Clemson does a great job of slowly developing these players to their full potential. So uh, I'd love to see that uh, with some people. We know who XT is. He's his sixth year. He looks like he's second year in the NFL. He's he's jacked. He's like 10% body fat. So hope he stays healthy. Um, super excited to see him cause some havoc. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, another guy on the defense who will be starting in his, in his position, uh, Wade Woodaz. And he'll be the same linebacker. Um, you saw him get in a lot, quite a lot last year. Wes Goodwin found a way to get him on the field. Um, Goodwin is also the linebackers coach. So um, I think there's another Wood ass joining the team, either from this last recruiting class and a walk-on status, or maybe it's the 2024 class. Um, but anyway, you know, Wade, I think we're, we're really excited for him. He's going to be a bit more of that. Uh, he's going to crash down and blitz and really get after the passer. Um, we'll be interested to see how he does in pass coverage and in the run game as well. But um, yeah, uh, that's a name that will definitely be household this season. For sure. He put on some weight and uh, I, I don't know about y'all, but like I wasn't paying much attention to Wade Wood as like through camp and stuff last year. He was kind of my, the the breakout player. Like as soon as he had that blocked uh, punt, I think against um, Georgia tech or whoever it was like early in the season. And it was like, whoa, who's this guy? And he just really blossomed into a great player. So it, it's going to be exciting to see him step up. And then which it's all about hunting, like who's going to be those guys in, in this class, right? And his brother, Drew, linebacker, also from uh, Tampa, he'll be on the team next year. But, yeah, we're going to have a whole lot of wood asses. Can of wood ass. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great. Uh RJ Mickens, 
another uh, – we, we suspect he'll be a starting safety this season, guy that's gotten a, a good number of reps there and provided some depth last season. So mm-hmm. I think anytime it's, – it's funny. Sometimes with safeties, you just don't want to see their number called as much because you're getting burned. Um, but I feel mm-hmm. like Mickens was a very much an impact safety this last season. Yep. Yeah, I was uh, – <clears throat> I remember when – we played against Notre Dame the COVID year, I think it was, <clears throat> and seeing like Mickens in there as a true freshman and just being like, you know, we're in the red zone and we're getting burned. And I was just like, what is he doing in there? Yeah. Like he was getting roasted. So uh, good to see him develop. Yeah, I think that does it for the defensive guys. You know, Clemson does bring back a lot of depth and a lot of experience on defense. Um, so really just the the DNs and the same linebacker and safety position. Um on the offense, the obvious big one, Cade Klubnick in at quarterback, taking over for DJU. He did start at the end of this last season um, in the Orange Bowl. Uh, did not start the ACC championship game, but thankfully came in in the second series, third series, and was electric. Um, so yeah, Cade, dude, what are we what are we thinking about about this guy? I think uh, he has a year under his belt. He has the off season. I think he saw. Um, that when he came in the ACC champion game, he was probably more relaxed. And then he went into the bowl game against a, uh, a depleted, but still talented Tennessee team. And, you know, I think Streeter definitely didn't do him favors with the play calling, but that's neither here nor there. I think he's going to be a guy that Garrett Riley is going to really scheme with and work with very closely. So I have a lot of confidence that wherever, whoever has the hot hand, they're going to get the ball to that person. And I think Cade can be the guy to do that. He's got great feet. Um, I think he's worked on um, decreasing his throwing motion. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do in year two with the full offense under his control. Couldn't agree more. Um, Last year was Garrett Riley's first year at TCU. He became the Broyles Award winner. He took a talented, but maybe not quite as talented as Cade um, in terms of pure talent quarterback, and they went to the national championship game and beat up on a bunch of teams. So um, I think the Clemson talent situation across the board looks a little bit better. Let's see what Garrett Riley can do, you know, with this, with this skill, this quarterback. Um, And talk to me about what happens after Cade. Like what's, what's there on the depth chart, Jared? Right now on the depth chart after Cade is Hunter Helms. And that's an interesting that Vizina is not number two. I did see that Hunter Helms is in a walking boot right now. So, you know, hopefully it's not anything um, too serious. And I think uh, third string is grad transfer, or, or maybe not a grad transfer, a transfer, Paul Tyson, no relation to the uh, chicken uh, factory, but he is very related to Paul Bryant, his great-grandson. Very related. That's right. Um <laughs> So yeah, Dabo going back to his Alabama roots, bringing in Bear Bryant's grandson, great grandson. Um, I think if Hunter Helms and Paul Tyson are playing meaningful snaps, we're going to recalibrate our season expectations. But who knows? I 100% agree. 100% yeah. agree. I, I kind of wonder if they're doing this because they're more seasoned guys and they're trying to just maybe light a fire underneath Fazina. Maybe he's looking a little lazy or he's kind of just um, not putting out, but uh, who knows? Yeah. He's kind of a guy that, you know, we kind of had a little bit of questions like, can, can he really be the guy guy? But 
yeah, we've got time to figure that out. He's Even from Phoenix City, Alabama, right? Pretty sure. Pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, it probably is one of those situations, Jared, where everyone knows it's Cade Club's club next year to be the starter. Mm-hmm. I think unless Vizina came in and just like lit the world on fire. Um, so it's a little bit, I mean, look, uh, Chris Vizina is not Trevor Lawrence and Trevor Lawrence came on campus and basically chased three or four other five-star guys like out. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway, I, I think it's probably a situation where, yeah, maybe Vizina isn't the most like dialed into his own development and play and that sort of thing, like just yet. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe you're right. Like, the current depth chart as it stands, like could be a signal of that. Um, but I'm not overly concerned that Vizina is not, you know, right there at number two, he's got time. We just need him to basically be able to compete for that role next year. Or mm-hmm. I think that's maybe where he can make his mark. Yeah. Maybe they are looking to just uh, keep Cade healthy and just let Vizina redshirt and not rush him onto the field. And he's from Birmingham, Alabama. There's probably at least one person listening to it, just waiting for us to shut up so he can yell that he's not from Phoenix city, which I don't know, Alabama. They could, they could be next to each other. They could be on opposite sides. Let's look. (laughs) Yes, the the Google Map test. I'm going to say they're 100 miles apart. So it's actually really close to Columbus, Georgia. Okay. Uh, you're going 100 miles. It's not close to Birmingham. It's actually closer mm-hmm. to Auburn. Interesting. Yeah. It's damn near Georgia, Phoenix City. So anyway, we were way wow. off. <laughs> Same tonight. I was way off. Well, well. Oh, uh, Welcome to the uh, podcast geography hour. That's right. <laughs> yes. I mean, Clemson does own that state. So it's just a matter of kind of what part they chose to, to pull in from. Yep. Um, and look, like, I think what would be great is if Zena actually could apply himself, could develop to the point where he's a very viable number two. If Kate Klubnik should have to miss a half of a game or something like that from a targeting call, mm-hmm. maybe, uh, a targeting injection like it'd be great to see not have like a big drop off in talent and a drop off mm-hmm. in like arm strength and all that come into play yeah are you saying that Cade is going to tackle someone with the crown of the helmet and he's going to get ejected or yeah that's what i'm saying like that's fair he won't get injured it's more like why would he not be on the field so yeah 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 that's i would right. just love to see him uh throw a pick and then chase the guy down and tackle him and <laughs> and get, get thrown out for <laughs> yeah. yeah hopefully not like a decisive game moment or anything like that but yes right um yeah. i wonder if a quarterback's been ejected for that yet that's interesting that's a good fact to know hey let's get our research team on that right yeah. now and see if they can pull anything up but right. um i think another person on the offense i'm really looking forward to seeing uh step into their own is jake Brenningstool. I've heard a lot of good stuff. Uh, he had some flashes in the spring game. We know the talent that that guy has. Um, I'm pretty sure Brenningstool was – I could be wrong, but I thought he was rated more highly than Brock Bowers. Is that right? Is that the right one I'm thinking of? This is why we need QT. Like, yeah, we need a QT we on, yeah, we do. Like chat QT, chat GPT, mm-hmm. right, for uh, some knowledge. Yeah. That's that's good. 
Brock Bowers is 59, and then Bryn, Brenning still is 86. I was definitely wrong, but you know what? <laughs> in the zone. It's, it's, it, I'm in the zone. Top 100 player, right? I mean, that's, those are, that's legit. Uh huh. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, he, he flashed a bit last year um, in the past catching skills. That Garrett Riley offense will be high powered, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, leveraging the full, full width of the field. So, um, I agree. I'm with you. That's going to be, he's going to be really a high impact guy this year. Um, and really the last name, I think that on the offense, it's going to be in a new starting position will be Tristan Lee. Um, believe he's been taking reps at left tackle, um, yep. opposite Blake Miller. So, um, yeah, Tristan Lee, like, welcome to the show. It's about time. Good to have you. The water's nice. Um, it's tough though. Like, uh, J Mac has been there, right? Like there's mm-hmm. been, I think if Tristan Lee was up to the task, he would have found a way into the starting five last year, no matter what. But mm-hmm. um, it seems like we're hearing good things coming out of camp about him. And, um, you know, there is a good good amount of depth behind him. So, yeah, let's go. Love it. <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely uh, Tristan Lee season. So um, some some guys take a couple of years to develop and to get their mind right, and their attitude. And it's, it's not just like physical ability. And I think Dabo and the staff are the – kind of coaches where it's like, Hey, if your head's not right and you're not going to, you're not just going to go out there and just try to be an athlete um, and get somebody hurt and get the quarterback hurt or something like that. Cause you didn't understand the call or the line shift or something like that. Yeah. And I mean, something we haven't touched on too much. This is Thomas Austin's second full season as the offensive line coach as well. So <laughs> again, you talk about like continuity in that position, continuity of being the lead guy. Um, should should certainly help him out as that coach. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to have down pat, like the game day routine and the practice mm-hmm. routine during season, all that. So um, hopefully he's able to focus a little bit less on that administrative stuff and a little bit more on the real, real impact of player development um, and, mm-hmm. and just straight up coaching. Yes, no doubt. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, Grisham's going to have a couple of years under his belt. Goodwin with two years. Awesome to have two years Riley can you know he he doesn't need any time he just shows up and works his magic I mean he took TC was like the 40th something recruiting class and took them to the natty uh so if he can if that scales we're going to be in a good place yeah 100 percent um and then on special teams kicker should be Robert on the third TBD that was one thing Anna Hickey she went on the Cover 3 podcast, Summer School with Bud Elliott. Very much recommend the Cover 3. Definitely recommend the Anna Hickey episode of the Cover 3 Summer School with Bud. Mm-hmm. Um, she really talked about how the kicking game, both punting and, and place kicking, and even kickoffs, is just the Wild West right now on this Clemson team. So, mm-hmm. who knows, man? Yeah, who knows? I mean, we're just going to have to see. And um, special teams... You know, it hasn't been as bad as it was when um, – good grief. I done forgot his name faster than he forgot how to use the transfer portal. What's his name that used to run the special teams? Um, <laughs> it's getting late over here on the West Coast. <laughs> um, but, yeah, since, since he – moved out off the field, which I think Dabo needed to pull him off the field, then, um, you know, a special teams has been better. I feel like, I feel like his last year was like 
2015, 16, when we started to have more issues with that. So, um, yeah, I guess it's going to be one of those unsolved mysteries that we're going to kick ourselves because we can't figure out, all right, I'm looking it up. Clemson special teams coach 2015. Man, this is the most unhinged episode. (laughs) Podcasting is a visual medium. Yeah. I can't believe that we don't, Okay, Danny Pierman. Danny, Danny fucking Pierman. Well, he's our portal coach, right? Yeah, I couldn't remember him, and he can't remember how to use the portal. So you know what? I don't feel bad. See, I know him more as a tight end coach, but I guess you're right. He was special teams. I mean, there was a time where Clemson didn't have special teams coaches, and they gave yeah. Pierman that that those duties. Like, I probably was around 15 or 16. Anyway, yeah, they kept moving him around. Yeah. What was your point, though, that uh, Mike Reed has been doing that role while also having to deal with secondary duties? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we just want to keep Mike Reed happy, so. Right. I mean, whatever it takes, if that gets him his pay bump or he's really interested in that part of it, I think it was Mm -hmm. more like, you're doing this, you're voluntold kind of thing. Um, Yeah. I have no data or facts on that. It's just my guess. Nope, but if people want data or facts, they'd probably go read a book. Right. That's fair. Um, so yeah, special teams might be a little bit of an adventure this year. I think that may mm-hmm. actually ultimately be a thing that caps the ceiling of this team. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, hopefully the right talents in the room and they can coach it up properly. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, all right, Jared, I feel like we emptied the clip on some of our camp reading and nuggets. Mm-hmm. Um, really good. I think to, you know, I feel maybe a little bit better after last week, thinking about it, who, who all was gone, thinking about mm-hmm. who's stepping up and developing and ready to take that next step and the crop of new freshmen coming in. So mm-hmm. does prove to be a, a team that at its best, at its ceiling, can be right there for the college football playoff, can be right there to compete for a natty. I think our mm-hmm. schedule sets up very challenging schedule, but favorable in terms of home and away. So yeah. Yeah, this team's got the talent to make some noise in college football this year, especially with the new scheme and a little bit more tenure under some of the coaches. So I think I think we're going to tip our hand a little bit on some of our predictions, but mm-hmm. this team's got what it takes. Uh, especially with no divisions, we could lose to FSU and then play them again in the AC championship game with a year of experience or, you know, a whole season of experience since we play them early. So yeah, um, if Riley is who he is, if Cade can be who we saw AC Championship game, but even better with receivers stepping up, the defense can uh, hold their own and we can settle some dust at the end and keep linebackers healthy. I think this can be a great team. What was that quote that you're, you pulled? Maybe it wasn't a direct quote, but the, the sentiment coming out of camp is that the offense looks completely reinvigorated and reborn and mm-hmm. that – is kind of showing a little bit that the defense may not be as good as they thought that they were. Right. <clears throat> as Barrett Carter was just saying that like, it, they're, they're getting frustrated a lot. And I think that's a good thing because if the defense is constantly smashing all through camp, I think that's what's happened the last couple of years. And um, it's good for them to kind of get a little, uh, little jab on the chin and we'll take their lumps now, down. not end of September at death Valley against FSU. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. Um, Mm -hmm. 
All right. Well, why don't we wrap it there, Jarrett? Uh, thank you for everyone for tuning in. Um, we will be back soon with more season preview content, likely to get some interviews in as well. So stay tuned to that. Please tell a friend, please subscribe, please write us a five-star review. Every little bit helps. You can also follow us on Twitter. I believe it's called X now and Facebook, uh, Clemson podcast on both of those platforms. We engage very regularly with our listeners. Um, so yeah, hit us up, give us a follow on those platforms. Um, send us questions. We haven't done a mailbag episode in a while. If you have questions about mm-hmm. this team this season, anything college football or Clemson or the ACC or realignment, we'll, we'll generate some takes. We'll read them out on the air. So uh, why don't you go ahead and send those to clemsonpodcast at gmail.com or you can message us on X, Twitter, or Facebook. Yeah, we haven't even hit the realignment. There's so much else to talk about. And then we've got a couple weeks of camp, and then it's just uh, hot takes, and we're ready to rock. Can't wait, man. It's awesome. It's been a long off season. Good to be back. And as always, go Tigers.